Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast, podcast number 178. I am your host, David Palermo, and Tyrod Taylor just got traded. If it's your first time tuning in, as always, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you find your podcast, Stitcher Radio. Also, hit up numbillsfan.com for whatever Numb Bills Fan content you want to find. Right now, it's just a simple website with the Instagram feed up on there and the spot if you want to purchase some limited sizes of shirts up at the Etsy store you can so Tyra Taylor got traded I was being a fan and cleaning OCDing my living room and playing Tetris with music gear so I was staring at the board like huh, I want to talk about this but at the same time had the headphones in and I uh, was just taking in Kevin Missouri from Lockdown Bills podcast. Uh, his podcast was awesome. It was breaking as he was taping. So up, what you'll hear is actually audio from YouTube Live. Keep a lookout. I'll be going live on YouTube, probably simulcasting regularly with the podcast. I like going live on video. Keeps me a little focused, and it's in the moment. So check out. YouTube as well, Facebook, you'll see the link up there, anywhere you check us out. So here is the podcast with Kevin Masseri from Locked on Bills. We are back online right now. Um, I have not made a video in a very long time, so pretty stoked to do it. Um, On the line I have with me Kevin Masseri from... uh, Locked on Bills podcast. Kevin, do you want to say hello to the audience? Hey, what's going on, audience? It's Kevin. So, well, there you go. There's Kevin. Um, So, essentially, uh, don't forget, brought to you by Grandstand Sports Network and PunchDrunkSports.com. So, visit those two sites. And um, I love Punch Drunk Sports. One of my favorite comedians, and Tripoli, is a part of it, along with Ari Shafir and Jason Tebow. We had Jason Tebow, um, who's also on the DirecTV Red Zone channel. He ended up coming on our podcast as well, and we talked about the Falcons preview with the Bills last year. Really awesome guy. So if you ever want to hear anything from him, check back into the previous podcast through the season. Um, Also, to set this up here, um, Kevin Masseri and I have kind of – become like little buddies here and um we talk a lot and he was live on his podcast when the Tyrod Taylor trade happened so um me I was if you look at the living room right now on video here I did like a lot of Tetris and stuff so I I just had I, I hit like this OCD stride and the trade already went down, and I'm like, mm, I'm going to be a fan here. I really don't care to drop what I'm doing and, and get this organized. Because if I did, I wouldn't be able to make a video today with my old banners that Deacon made. I should say his. So, um, you know, thanks, Deeks, for that. But, yeah, I was just busy being a fan when this whole tie rod thing went down. I'm like, what? Because my initial thoughts, Kevin, and then we'll jump back to you, is for one, I cannot believe they got the number one pick in the third round or something like that, right? 
Um, like right. what, like yeah, they got the first pick of the third round. And it has to tell you, as a Buffalo Bills fan who hates Tyrod Taylor, come on, what does it tell you for the rest of the league what they think about Tyrod Taylor? Because if you want to know our thoughts. Uh, Kevin and I had one called uh, our, our last podcast together. It was just two podcasts ago. I've been a little bit dry. Um, retooling. So we talked, uh, where do we sit with Tyra Taylor? Part one. And really the gist of that is our whole thought process throughout, um, you know, Tyrod's career. And really it's more coaching than Tyrod. You know what you have. You come into the city. And you don't really seem to watch the tape as much as you should have. Uh, Rick Dennison, shout out to you. And, um, you know, everybody digressed. But there's a thing in Buffalo that I gathered years ago, and it's called quarterback fatigue. That's all it really is. And if you take, like, a group of your friends in your echo chamber and somebody actually does change how they live their life, and they still only screw up one out of ten times instead of nine out of ten, which like one out of ten could be like the normal ratio for a quote unquote normal person. So say you like blink a lot. Well, if you work on your blinking habit and you get that down. So what I'm getting at on my dumb ramble here is that I think Tyrod Taylor was actually progressing depending on what was asked of him. And a lot of times people just want to jump the gun and 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 go with their to, to confirm their their confirmation bias i should say so they try to find it so you tell i just can't do it but when tom brady misses a pass it's well he's just the greatest of all time it's like the dude had to throw 46 times to throw it 280 yards and tyrod taylor throws it into 20s and he still gets 240 to 200 yards and i understand it when you're looking at the stat lines of these free agent quarterbacks coming up kevin and i'll shoot it to you it's like Anything the Bills are doing right now is primarily just a lateral damn move. That's all it is, is a lateral move, and it's great for marketing, and it's great to get fans like me back in the seat. But I was going to be there anyways, and I have news to the owners or whoever works for the Bills. You could literally take guys off the street and write great stories about them and put them in Bills uniforms, and people still show up to the Bills games for a few years. So I hope that if you traded Tyrod on perception – of Tyrod, it's really dumb. Stop listening to whatever you're listening to or reading and just maybe clean house in your media department, get Kevin from Lockdown Bills in there, get me in there, get a couple other people who call it how it is because I, I look at this podcast like coaching accountability show. That's it. These players are such easy targets, and they're not mature enough to handle the bolts coming their way. And last I checked, money don't make you mature. So, you know, I think a lot of times when we're sitting here glossing over Kevin, these these draft picks coming up, man, I I sure hope they ain't putting their faith in the quarterback because I want to know who the Bills quarterback coach is. I want to know who's going to handle this precious commodity right now. So, Kevin, thoughts from top to bottom where I went and, you know, how it came in and your instant reaction. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy to be, we'll start from the top and we'll kind of go into all your points. It was crazy to go live on just, we were actually trying to work Tyrod in just as a general talk, see where we felt with him. He was on the bulletin to be discussed. And all of a sudden I do usually have Twitter up 
uh, just because for news and nuggets and if I'm searching um, and broke down as we were live a couple of minutes in uh, that the trade had gone down. So it gave us you know extra material for the, for the pod. Check that out. Once again, locked on bills um, pod is live. It's doing Ironman numbers gone national actually for, for our, through our network. Uh, so check that out. Um, the podcast itself basically was us live instant reactions um, to our opinions and our thoughts and kind of our emotions as we were trying to figure them out. So it's not like we had anything scripted, Dave. Um, it's not like we kind of got back to sit and think about it like I can for, for our show here. Um, I had to, you know, kind of come up with my live reactions and uh, the initial thoughts, you know, right at the top where I thought we got a lot for them. I was told pretty much for the last couple of weeks, I ran a couple polls and a couple questions. Uh, Bill's fans are actually going to be happy to get a fifth for him. Uh, I had a lot of people that say he should be cut, maybe a dump for a sixth or a seventh. Uh, we were going to pick up his option, $6 million in cap just to get a better pick. Uh, I heard all of this stuff. Um, the more reasonable Bills fans and, and people thought about a fourth, uh, picking up the option and a fourth. Uh, and it ended up being the top of the third, almost a late second, and not having to pick up his option, which did clear about $10 million off the cap as we're still on the hook for about seven and a half million dead cap for him. Um, so, you know, he would have been an $18 million player. We saved about 10. Had we cut him, um, it would have been the same. So we ended up not having to pick up a $6 million option. So in theory, we really saved 6 million because we weren't going to um, pick up that option apparently and trade him. So really the number is six. Um, so, but he still counts for 7 million. We still have a good 30 million in dead cap space total. Uh, which is a <laughs> a pretty high number. It's twenty percent of our of our salary cap almost. Um, but in two thousand nineteen, good note here: hundred million dollars. So hundred million dollars. The Bills are going to be one of the big players. I don't have any. I, you could start to see some big contracts in the offseason, and I think that's where the vet quarterback. To your point, there's no way they don't give a vet quarterback money, and I would be I would be shocked if it wasn't backloaded. Meaning, they did whatever they could to have a lower cap figure this year. And then it balloons up in the second and third year, fourth year, depending on how long the guy signed. Um, so we could see a, a, a free, we can afford a free agent, obviously. And Easy. I mean, they're cheapest. Yeah. The, 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 the amount a whole draft costs a year is absolutely peanuts. So it's 8 million. Yep. Yeah. So um, that's with all those extra picks, too. It's only right, about 8 million. Right. So not to cut you off, but that's what I do. Um, no, it's all good. So to, to principle your point, you have 30 million left after the draft about. Yeah. And I, and I already talked, I mean, they own their blunders as bills, coaching staff of, uh, getting rid of Rick Dennison. And I think the waffle character of the defensive line coach, because, uh, that, you know, they're trying to get the best out of your investment in Marcel Darius of a, what in hindsight was a dumbass contract, but in Bill's yeah, fa- in Bill's fashion, they're one of the last teams to give out that big of a contract. And it's like I, you know, it almost makes me wonder: is this team just again overly emotional, overly listening to fans too much? You know, I understand you have to prove it to keep your own, but you also have guys like us and women out there covering the team that can look at it objectively and and understand that you know i don't think that's really a position you always need to pay a premium to because those guys want to play a long time and i think you can get them sometimes a four contracts which is crazy um and it's like you know uh, my my number one question 
And the media's number one question when Chan Gailey came in is, what can he do about Aaron Maven? You know, in hindsight with Aaron Maven is, he's an artist, he's not really into football, he doesn't give a shit. And can you blame him? No, I don't blame him. He's actually, in hindsight, smarter than all of us. You know, and when I was like, 23 well in a way i don't i don't know about that i don't know uh, i mean he cashed out right what's he doing right now what he wants yeah i guess so but that money runs out quick dave i don't know well, i don't i don't necessarily know that he's smarter than you or i with it, just because he had a little bit of money for a couple of years you know i would love to interview that guy somebody did recently sure. um i think that we i would like do like a lot i would love to see his his process sure. yeah um, no, that'd be great so but it's like you know, with with um, with a guy like that, the first question of Chan Gailey was, "Can you salvage this guy? Can you make something of him?" I mean, he looked awful when he came into the league, and not even a year in, you got a new coach. And it was a bad draft choice on a football level. Now, if you talk about it football wise, that was, that was a bad pick. Right. I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no way around that one. So, but what he, I'm he trying to, what player. I'm trying to say is, there's going to be questions I want answered. And a lot of times, Marcel, you know, you think about it, Marcel Darius was a big one. And the job of that coach was to whip him into shape. And I honestly think that we have in McDermott more of like a classic Parcells, older model kind of coach. You know what I mean? He's like great for like your dad and my dad and no, just whip him into shape and type thing. And it's like. I don't know if that's how he is, you know, but that's kind of, I think that I'm worried about the communication level like that with the team because, you know, you look at a guy like Sean McVay and you look at a guy like Wade Phillips out there in LA at the Rams and, um, you know, you even look, look at guys like Marquise Goodwin and, and San Fran. Look at all these guys who like are, are, are tailored to their talent. Like Marquise Goodwin People wanted to run him out of Buffalo. He gets another contract or something in San Fran. And over here, you got Wade Phillips, who's always been adapted in L.A. to adjust the scheme to players. You know, McVeigh, same thing, you know. And it's like you see these dinosaur coaches just stuck in their ways. And I just really, really hope that um, our head coach isn't like that. I don't think he is. I think he's moldable. No, but he's, like, he's he's really not. Um, I hope I, I hope not. I think that's finally what they have. And Dable, I think why he got his job from Alabama was that he knew his player strengths. Look at what he was able to do with uh, uh, his quarterback position and, and benching his starter at halftime uh, in the national championship game and putting his rookie and you know freshman in the best position to play. So I think you have a team that's willing to do that. And um, it's unfortunately for anyone, though, Dave, you got to have your players. I just No matter what anyone says, you have players that you like. I have players that I like coach has players that he likes rex ryan has players he likes doug whaley has players they like um so i don't i don't think you can just everyone's gonna have their players and once they find them they will absolutely put them in a good position to win look at the nine and seven team last year you know we had a bunch of podcasts last year and you didn't necessarily think the team was the greatest but why did they do what they were able to do because they put the d-backs in positions to win and they had you know the defense wasn't great at times but they were all in position yeah. to win. It wasn't that talented of a unit, Dave. It really wasn't. It was very – they were very opportunistic. And, yeah, right. And, and, and honestly, it was just about time. It's more of an anomaly that they didn't make the playoffs than they did, honestly. Sure. And, and 
And really, if Andy Dalton doesn't nail that pass, I am just as pissed off and firing McDermott now anyways. You know what I mean? Like, again, football starts in the trenches. I say it every podcast. I say this ain't rip on the coach show, but I say it every time. It's like, I, I if football, use what they say against you. Yeah, football starts in the trenches. You know, it, it really does. And when you have a head coach come in and then the excuse is, well, he was like the fourth or fifth guy they wanted to hire. Oh, really? Because... I'm sure that there's a bunch of coaches that would have easily jumped shit from anywhere that you could have packaged up and said, man, we got this guy to run the offense. And all he has to do is watch the tape of the Bills the two years prior of a number one rushing offense and pattern that and work some play action off of that. Like, how about we just, like, watch the Bills and see what they did well? They have condensed games. I don't want to hear it. You know what I mean? Watch the games, then look at the stats. You know what I mean? And then maybe watch him again. It's not hard. Like, what made Jerry Hughes effective? I don't know this. Okay, well, do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, what made Russell Darius effective? This. Well, there's plenty of tape of the D-line playing outstanding, those three. You know, and a few games in, yeah, Russell Darius is on limited snaps. It's like, you know, these guys talk about, you know, all these draft picks throughout. My overall point is we get our hopes up so we can get let down because we, we think that the coaches are thinking about all this stuff. And sometimes they're not because there's only so much so many things you have to think about because they have to think about a lot of logistics before they even get to the coaching. And it's like, really, I, I wish that people could just understand that if the Bills trade up and draft a quarterback, do not think that's the end-all, be-all. And the only thing I love more than the drama of the Bills team and, and like everything coming together for the team and the hope of the team is I, I don't I should say I don't love the negativity that's going to come with the quarterback when he doesn't even get a full season in because he gets hurt or something like that and you don't give him time to, to grow and and the thing is is if the Pagulas trade two first-round picks for a quarterback in this year's draft, which, by the way, I don't know a ton about, but I'm going to tell you the two spots I'm looking at. I don't give a shit about anything until I see their accuracy and what the hell their footwork looks like. I don't care about the throwing motion nearly as much as I do about their footwork. Okay? Phillip Rivers does a fine job. If you watch his throwing motion, it's really weird. Okay? People just do what they do. If you watch Tom Brady, he sets his feet every single time. It's kind of almost like you're going to step out of bounds and he finds a way to to just step his feet down right before he throws the ball. And it's like, look at guys' feet when they get rid of the ball. You're getting all athletes coming in from high school to play quarterback, okay? And it's like, to me, it's all about the damn accuracy and anticipation, sure, you know, definitely. But where's their footwork, their, their footwork at? I mean, Russell Wilson was a pitcher and is a pitcher still. So it's like... That dude was always accurate. So it's it's like, I think for the draft, I don't even know who's going to coach this kid that you bring in. You could literally screw him up. Go see EJ Manuel. Granted, he shouldn't have been picked that high. But what's the fan base do? You know, the tide started turning on Tyrod Taylor once I listened to John Murphy. And you know I'm a big supporter of John Murphy, and I'm a huge supporter. But once he started throwing Tyrod under the bus at the end of the season, it seemed like, okay, I got to start seeing what this show is. This really is a show about PR, and I'm a big fanboy over here, you know, and I love the show, okay? So if anybody hears it from there, I love the show. I really do. But 
when all of a sudden Tyrod Taylor is not good enough, you can't win with him. I, the writing was on the wall. I was like, no, I'm not paying attention to this. And Donald Jones has been against Tyrod for not against, but just like, man, he doesn't get rid of the ball, man. He does, and it's like, I just think, man, they don't have stats for situational football all the time, and they don't have stats on coaching. And at the same time, dude, he does need to get rid of the ball. So it's like, for me, if you make a lateral move, which I think is getting a Bridgewater, right? But he's so young, you could still develop him. You know, or or I don't know. There's so many quarterbacks that you could package and get Bills fans hyped on just because it's not Tyrod. Well, I think back uh, to, to one of your original points was who's going to coach guy. Obviously, you got Brian Dable, who's going to bring the most out of his staff. I don't. We don't know how great of a coach he is at this point, but we do know that he. What about quarterbacks, does, coach? That's what I'm talking he, about. He does put his players in the best position to win, and then you have yeah, going down the road, then you have David Culley, quarterbacks coach, came from Kansas City, got the most out of Alex Smith, was a wide receivers and assistant head coach in uh, in Kansas City. Uh, he was let go. Um, by Kansas City to come to Buffalo. He wasn't fired or anything. He chose oh, okay. uh, He chose the promotion to be quarterback's coach over wide receiver coach, last assistant head coach, which is more of a lateral move, but he figured being a quarterback coach sounded better. Um, had a lot of production in, in Kansas City um, from his receivers. Jeremy Macklin was you know probably one of the best players in the league throughout his time there. Um, you know, he had a really good tenure with the Eagles uh, prior to the Chiefs. Uh, really, he's a really, really established receivers coach um, and head assistant head coach who got a promotion to quarterbacks coach. So we're going to see, you know, what he's able to do there. But remember how good Alex Smith played in Kansas City that got him a big deal over with Washington. So um, there's there's a lot to like about Collie. Also, the Bills brought in to help out the wide receivers coach who is um, just hired because we lost, in my opinion, uh, McKagan, who was really bad and he was let go uh, or he took another job, I think in college. I, mean, I don't know where he went, okay. um, but Terry Rabisky is now the uh, wide receivers coach, which is of note because he was Tennessee's offensive coordinator last year um, and has been credited with some of the development of um, Marcus Mariota um, to being a, a more, you know, top half of the league quarterback. So you have some guys there, can we trust all three of these guys? Don't know. I mean, I, all three of them are quite new at being in Buffalo. Um, you know, at least that's, that's what I'm trying to say. It's like, at dude, least he has a little more experience as a quarterback's coach, but we don't know how good of a quarterback. So we know he's a good offensive coach. Who is he? I, I got to know, like, who is he actually developed? That's the problem I have. And I'm not saying that he well, can't plenty of do receiver. it. He's developed okay, plenty of But receivers. I'm saying at the quarterback spot, that's my biggest well, problem is like, he hasn't had the position. yet. Exactly. And it's like, Okay, so the Bills want to draft a rookie quarterback or sign a big free agent quarterback, and we don't even have a guy that has the pedigree to right. coach him, in my opinion. At least David Lee, say what you want about everything else, okay? I understand no quarterbacks really came out of David Lee as much as, you know, Rex Ryan said best quarterback. No, he wasn't a league. very good coach. But, yeah, but yeah. at the same time, at least that's like what he did, you know? And I'm not saying that... The, I understand that being a quarterbacks coach, it, it, it's a position of the field, and you know it's not as diverse as we think it would be. At the same time, like, what's Alex Van Pelt doing right now? Is he like chilling right now? Like, can he come help out? Can we pay him? Like, did he get? Did he go with Frank Reich what, anywhere? Like, what's he doing right now? Is he on the couch? What made a guy? What makes a guy like that? Um, well, you know, no, he's not on the couch. He's. Um, 
I want a, a backup quarterback. quarterback. He's, quarterback coach Cin- he's a back. He's a Cincinnati Bengals quarterback. So why he can't just move to Buffalo? He's already a coach. Okay, that's what I'm uh, saying. Like, did he get picked yeah, up yeah. after he got let go from Green Bay? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Cincinnati's quarterback. So. Coach. Um, you get what I'm saying, though, dude. Like these yeah, guys get, lose jobs, and, and it's I just like, don't know what makes Lee better than Coley. Like just because he's done it longer, that doesn't make you better. I just don't want to experiment on on putting a franchise quarterback in the hands of a guy who's never done it before. I think that it's absolutely stupid. Like absolutely stupid. And this is the same people that can't get anything out of Marcel Darius, who's your biggest investment. Yeah, I mean, am I just I, I, like, dude? This this rank, I think, this, yeah, I think you're a little off base, dude. I don't know, man. Like, that wasn't Darius wasn't their mistake. They inherited that. It was no matter if you like the player or not. We've had podcasts. I think we both like the player. Um, how about you learn how to communicate with him? There's too the many stand up. There's too many the stand up guys in that locker room. Well, you got to eat it anyways. There's too many stand up stand up guys in that locker room to. To, to to stand up for that dude and say he's not that bad. You know what I mean? Like a guy like Kyle Williams, you well, know he's he's not that bad. But the point is, he, he doesn't justify the production. No, it, we didn't eat it any. We ate it last year, anyways. We got out from like forty million, fifty million of it, Dave. Um, that's a lot to get out from under for 2018, 2019. But dude, we might have to like sign a guy anyways at a premium for that. You know what I mean? I understand well, he. No, had a drop, we're probably gonna fill it in with a two million dollar draft pick. I hope. I hope, but is Kyle Williams even going to play? Does he even want to yeah. play? Yeah, he said he's going toward playing. So That means that they're sweetening the money more towards what they want. Okay, and I get it. And I told you this before. What I love Kyle, but Kyle, what else he has to do, man? Come play football. Come on. Just come he's going to, but he, does, he wants a couple months off so he doesn't have to go to OTAs and stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame him, dude. He don't need to be there. Send me the book. Send me yeah. the damn book. But all I'm saying is, Kevin, is I would just, if I'm running a damn drywall company, I'm not hiring a window cleaner. Sure. Okay? So. Well, no, that's not a fair thing. You wouldn't hire one of the best. He's one of the best receivers coach in the league, hands down. Okay, cool. Coach the receivers then. Because our receivers coach sucked from East Carolina. Okay. Oh, they did let him go too? Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that. Terry Robisky. Yeah, he's long gone. Oh, that's right. I am so out of it. Yeah, he left for another they did job. Hire a veteran they didn't for you, Dave. fire him, though, man. They, they. I mean, they he, let he him took go a nicely. job somewhere else. Yeah, well, you know as much as I do, that's a firing. They yeah, because you, you come in with your draft pick, who you coach, <laughs> and he sucks. That was a firing, Dave. You can call. You can call whatever you want. <sighs> um, I'll, I'm calling it a firing. A, a very peaceful, nice. Because they did pluck him out of ECU, and I, I don't know. That that was a firing. I don't care. Anyways, back to the point. Terry Robisky's the guy, the veteran guy you're talking about. He coached – he's an offensive coordinator last year. Yeah. For a playoff team. For a That's playoff what I'm team. talking about. We're overloading, baby. That's what I'm talking about. I like that. I really like that. So you well, got how it. about a damn quarterbacks coach? We got no one who's – how about the guy who's developed Peterman? They love Peterman so much. Want to hire the whole Pittsburgh staff. Well, you know, come on, man. I don't know. You don't even laugh at my Peterman joke. Get out of here. Like when they when they talk. Oh yeah, you know Peterman. I just think it's like, oh my god, what is wrong with you guys? Like the worst half of football. Like I really suck at Madden, Kevin. Okay. Yeah. I really suck at Madden. I mean, you got 
I don't want to say you got lucky, but I only played you for like a real quarter because I was busy finding a headset. But, you know, I, I, I would say right here I guarantee a victory next game. Um, but I really suck at Madden, and mm-hmm. that rivaled some of my worst games, Nate Peterman's performance. So do I give him, you know, if I'm standing by what I say, which has got to give every single offensive player a mulligan on that staff, guess what? Nate, you got one for me, bud, because I liked you coming out of college. I think you do have it. You definitely do want to get rid of the ball. But God forbid, God forbid, you had like a thing called a pocket. I will give, this is the only time you hear me admit this, Bill's fans with the Peterman Tyrod debate, okay? I'll give you one little nugget. The offensive line struggled making a pocket to step up in and Nathan Peterman was goddamn determined to set those feet (laughs) and throw that ball. So that's that. It's good that he's not scared to just torch the whole bill season. And you guys forget. I uh, I hate to say it. He's going to go back to a third quarterback this year where he should be. Oh Um, no. Come on. Yeah. He's going back to third quarterback developmental inactive guy on game day. We'll see if he can develop later on in his career, but definitely not year two. Um, but Terry Robisky, once again, is going to be your pseudo quarterbacks coach as well. Offensive coordinator last year, once again, for Tennessee, helped develop Marcus Mariota, leave them in good spirits. Right. Um, and took a job here. Um, and then you have David Cauley. So you have two really good receivers coaches on the squad to help. And I think that they're going to really overhaul the receiving core. You're also going to get a veteran that's going to help coach. Those veterans can be just as important as coaches. Um, and then an offensive coordinator. So you have a lot of people respond. You don't just have the quarterbacks coach. You have the receivers coach. You have the veteran quarterback. I mean, like if you if you pick up someone like, I don't know, um, not my favorite, but like Josh McCown. Um, he's a guy that played really well last year. Really well. Dude, I don't like the guy a lot. Um, you stop. You don't like him as a veteran quarterback? Yeah, number two. That's what I'm saying. I mean, dude. This team is so dumb. Like. Why? To get pick 65 and then go get Josh McCown? I don't don't know. Josh McCown was 67% completion percentage, 3,000 yards and 18 touchdowns. They're all better than Tyrod. Listen, man. I'm not. I didn't even make my point yet. But I'm okay. tagging you well, on Tell me why McCown's better than Ty, or that much worse here's than what I, Here's what I'm saying. He's not, okay? okay? Because I firmly believe it doesn't take that much to play the quarterback position in the NFL. You have, okay. to, you have to put in work. You can't okay. be a lazy dumbass, all right? I, I think agree. that if the coaches get out of their way, that okay. you can put guys out there who do really nice things on the field. And for me, it's a thing where recognizing how to communicate to a player is, I think, the thing that needs to be taught the most. Right. Because we're at a weird time right now where people are entitled. And also these kids' parents you know, raise these kids coming into college and out of college 
to feel that because they're gifted, they're they're owed something. You know what I'm saying? And I don't. You know, when people face adversity, I agree with that. Yeah, you know, I like I, like I don't know what to think. You know, and I I face it all the time, and I'm a college basketball fan. If you follow my Twitter feed, and this time of year, I really only like honestly, I'm the biggest UB fan you'll find. Okay. Um, I don't know why. I just went to school there and just love that they've gotten good and are in the tournament now every year. Anyways, you're right. Back to the point. You're right because all the time UB needs to compete against the Dukes and the Cincinnati's and the the Syracuse's of the world for players, right? So right. these guys, these high schoolers at 17 years old are so babied. Um, they're coddled. They don't even know what it's like to compete. They're the best on their youth teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and they start taking these free trips to universities, get wined and dined. And this happens at 17 years old, um, to your point. And that absolutely happens on the college football level. And they never face adversity, to your point. And it's a, just a great example of these guys that need to you know, go through a little bit before you really find out the player that they are. Right. Is that your point? Well, also my other point is, is they might be doomed and handcuffed from the start because this is where the war between the scouts and the coaching staff happens. Okay. Because scouts fall in love with players and say a player will transcend schemes. An easy adage that's said a lot, is or I should say verbiage maybe I mean I'm trying to sound smart here. Um is you can move Cordy Glenn to the right side, no big deal. And I made this example the last three podcasts. Okay. It's very hard to do everything to the opposite side. If you ride a skateboard, try riding it the other way. Try riding a fake. It's hard. So I think that talk right there, unless the the, the player has experience doing it and enough tape of it needs to stop like people when mel kuyper just spews that garbage out there you know i i think that talk needs to stop and people really need uh, to look at these. well you hear it here first folks from dave yeah, well, um, the, the cordy glenn switch needs to stop i agree i don't have an argument I, and don't i'm not saying he can't do it i'm just saying any left tackle just look at this position this player is an act or or do it good dave do it good right like don't just make assumptions. And the thing is, is how many times are these scouts picking? Like, you should be picking position to need. Don't give me this best player available bullshit. Stop it. Best player available that's going to cheaply fix your team. Okay, you can downplay the draft all you want. But damn, all I care about is this draft pick that fits the system. Okay? I don't care if this dude... Shit on all of his neighbors' porches. I don't give a flying fuck, Kevin. You know what I care about? Is that he gets his ass in the playbook, and what that means is if he can read it the first time and he's good, that's fine with me. Because I've done music, I've done a lot of creative projects, and I can't tell you how many times we got to cover a song, and then I'm having an argument over a part. Like, no, dude, it's played like this. Well, I put 10 hours into these songs, and, you know, it's like, why don't you watch a video of them playing it? Why don't you know solve? Let's get this right here. So for me, I want to line up all the ducks in a nice row with this draft pick and make sure that he is picked per the current scheme. You know, and that is the whole reason we don't want coaches fired, and that's why I like McD for the job, and I'm giving him a few years to learn it. Okay, I love this. This is great. I'm actually happy. I know my neck, my tone suck lately, but it's nothing personal. 
<laughs> nothing personal, but you, you follow me, Kevin? It just needs to transcend the chain of operations correctly. And what that means is draft a goddamn player to fit the goddamn system and learn how to communicate with them. If you think he's going to be a problem in the locker room, obviously you got a good vibe of that. But make no mistake, the combine is so overrated, and it just seems like they are just very transparent now. They don't care if you tamper at all. Like, like when was the off season? Like, really, it doesn't feel like an off season, and it's genius of the NFL to do that. Like, so I don't know, Kevin. Lastly, Tyrod Taylor, Hugh Jackson, is he smarter than Sean McDermott? And I'll say, again, I think no, it was just no, no, quarterback no, 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 fatigue no. in Buffalo. Yeah, agreed. I, th- I agree with that point. I, I, it's a good point. I, 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 didn't, I don't ever have it unless the player is bad. I don't think Tyrod was bad enough to give me fatigue. I thought he needed better weapons. I thought his receiving core at times was some of the worst in the league. Um, did have a good running game in terms of having a good running back. So you got to get you got to factor that in. Right. Um, that it all wasn't garbage. He playing with a top three to five running back depending on where you put LaShawn okay um so just as bad as his receiving core is is some quarterbacks in the league literally don't have a running back so you know I think you got to factor in all those things but all that being said they paid what they needed to pay they're picking up the rest of his contract the bills have 35 million in cap space you know call it 28 to 30 Mm -hmm. after their rookie class but that's money they can spend all of it because next year they have a hundred million dollars they don't need to save 20 million this year they can spend all of that money now um and they're going to i really think that they're going to i don't know that they're going to go out and sign two 15 million dollar players they're going to go out and got, get a bunch of five million dollar players like they did Vontae davis i think they uh, should i really like i really like uh i really who? think the bills you might think i'm crazy i really think the bills should go after teddy bridgewater Okay, fine because with it. because I'll tell you, yeah, people can say, "Oh, Tyro, Tyro." You know what? Maybe we'll get the same level, right? And and I was going over his stats, and people who want Kirk Cousins, it's like, as you look at the touchdown to interception ratio, like, yeah, Tyro only had say like fourteen touchdowns to X amount of interceptions, but then you double that number, and it's like, Kirk Cousins is actually throwing more interceptions per touchdowns than than a guy like Tyrod. You know, Bridgewater, he puts up a little bit more yards, but there's not a huge sample size. And I think he'll go back to Minnesota really cheap, and maybe they're just going to test the market and see what's up. Um, because I, I think when the Bills tried to eat Emmanuel and I watched Teddy Bridgewater like as I'm eating chicken wings at Jeremiah's, and I'm just like, this guy is going to pass right by the Bills. And they're not going to take him because they have faith in EJ Manuel. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I am so sick of this three years of uh, cycle garbage. That's why from the get-go, I want these players and coaches to well, line this, up. This is a good year to need a court. Everyone says, you know, oh, it's always a good year. You know, if you keep pushing it, these guys this are is actually a good year. This is a really These are actually talented players. This isn't the EJ Manuel Barkley year. This is this right. is a year that you're going to have, oof, call it at least four top fifteen picks, um, quarterbacks, um, and worthy of them. Not not your Jake Lockers, not your Dude, Christian Potters. I don't know if they're going to be top fifteen. I don't buy that. No way. No way. You don't you don't bet they're actually going to be good or going to be taken top. I don't 15. think they're going to be taken top fifteen. Oh my gosh, you're crazy. Four of them. No. Nope. Oh my God. 
Man, four of them in the top 15, dude. Have, yes. When's the last time four have gone in the first round? The locker year? First round. Um, how many went last year? Uh, I think last year was like the least of them. No. Dude, I'm telling you, dude, I'm telling you, man. I, I think quarterback is really, an, uh, like Nick Foles cemented it. I did not do a podcast about the aftermath of the Super Bowl because just didn't care to. And lazy, don't care. Nick Foles gives you an example of everything you need to do. And all it is is coaching. It's just coaching. That's it. You know, and if last I need, if Last I need, year, three, three went in the top 12. Really? Oh, yeah. I feel so dumb. Yeah. Uh, dude, three in the top 12. I just got to know, you know, Brian Dable... I have faith in him because he has proven to tailor his schemes to his players, which is really good. Really, really good. And that's all I care about, man. That's all I care about, Kevin, is when we hand these guys these draft picks, are they going to be in position to succeed? Okay? I love the Bills locker room. I love the culture aspect of it. Um, I love the signing of Chris Ivory. You're not really uh, – my friend Mike wasn't too stoked about it. He don't give a shit. Um but oh, I'm, a, I'm a big Chris Ivory fan. Me too, but you know, Mike Fantasy Mike there will have this debate on the Numb Bills fan draft show. So don't forget about the Numb Bills fan draft show. Um, but dude, Mike, I gotta call him up and maybe I was gonna have him maybe do top five quarterbacks. So I think I was talking to him and he assumed he was gonna do it. But um, you know, I don't know. Position. You had four. You had four. Uh, quarterbacks taken in 2011 in the top 12 and in 2012 you had four as well um, taken looks like in the top 22 so you had back-to-back years of four three is pretty standard honestly every year is about three low low years there's only two this year is definitely going to be five in the first round four in the top 15 but maybe top 20 um I really think that they could get a run on these guys. There's going to be two or three really needy teams. Whoever gets Kirk Cousins is going to be able to get scratched off. Then you're going to have like Arizona, Buffalo, and New York who uh, are going to do whatever they can to get a quarterback. Why, why don't they really, the Bills, honestly, you might think this is crazy. I think it's great. I think the Bills should draft a quarterback this year. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Which they're going to do. Yeah, but... And then what else? I think you should also package something for for a guy like Nick Foles, and here's why. Okay. Is because Nick Foles already knows LaShawn. Okay, so we got that little thing. So they have gone from a coach in Chip Kelly who's had a squarely up his ass mm-hmm. to L.A., where his head was squarely up his ass, too, over there in, uh, with that former LA coach. What the hell is his name? I always rip on him. Jeff Fisher? Yeah, I love ripping on Jeff Fisher. It's so easy. Um, you know, and then Nick Foles is back and put in position to succeed. You know? Um, for me, that's, again, coaching. And that's somebody I want. You could you could honestly tell me that the Bills would cut 
Peterman and or you could even tell me that the Bills would bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick and a first round quarterback. And I would be down because all Fitz needed was a defense. That said, yeah, I mean, it's really not a good look and it's never going to happen. And I don't think I could watch it again. That's kind of my quarterback fatigue is like when you see like Scott Chandler doing a simple out opening play at home a few years ago. And I'm just like, dude, he's wide open and you missed that throw. You could have lofted it within a 20 yard radius and he, he could have just put his big arm out. No, it's going to go in the dirt. And that's painful. Yep. So what we have to do is we just have to repeat that cycle on a different guy. Okay? And the quarterback cycle is the same as that coaching cycle. Year three, you start, you're ready to get rid of him. You know, I see that with Tyrod. Tyrod's a great story, then he isn't. Tyrod's a great story, then he isn't. Tyrod wins you a game, then he isn't. You know, it's like, you got to throw the ball. Yeah, well, we know, but... You could sell me on like a Foles where you get a, a quarterback to come into the league and really just learn how to study. Like really just learn all the intricacies between coaching staffs and, and, and it's about communicating. And then that's going to keep Nick Foles hot. You know, he's going to want to play good. That way he can get the next contract if he needs to. Or why not sign Nick Foles for two, three years? You know what I mean? Just extend him out. I told you. They should do that with Tyrod Taylor is extend him. And, and I think if you trade for him, that actually meets that scenario that you're talking about where it costs the Bills no money. I don't care if you package up Shaq Lawson and ship him too. Go for it. Like, send him, see what he can do, or just really in all aspects, just send a second-round pick over there and a fourth or even the new third. Like, I would take that. You have enough first-round picks this year. Like, you're good. You're going to get some talent. And, you know, maybe you do take that quarterback to sit on the bench. But at the same time, if they weren't ready to pull the trigger on Mahomes, what makes you think that they think this year is that much better? And if they take the kid out of UCLA, the rich kid there, I mean, I don't care that he's rich. Does he want to play football? Like, I understand. But, like, man, dude, there is a thing where it's, like, just so, like, like quarterbacks are so creepy to me. Like, the status quo quarterback who's, Got his shit together, as I put that in finger quotes, you know? You know, you put in there Peyton Manning, but really he's doing creepy shit behind the scenes, you know? And it's like, man, I don't know, dude. I'd rather have that guy that's got a loud mouth so I know where he is in life. You know, and it's like when the guy's all super buttoned up, I don't think Ryan Leaf was that bad of a player. It's the coaching, you know? And that's not even from my mouth. Reuben Brown said that on John Murphy show. He goes, you think that Ryan Leaf was that bad? you know so it's like man the quarterback position is so fragile and if this kid has been given life on a silver platter i don't know if i want that kid on my football team as a quarterback i know that sounds weird but i want my quarterback to at least fight some adversity here not saying he hasn't i just don't know enough you follow me kevin yep i'm following you so i'll leave you with one final nugget dave i want the bills (laughs) For two-year deal, go out and sign Drew Brees. That's my <laughs> that's my dream scenario. Two-year deal, draft a quarterback. Kevin is as happy as a client, like the happiest guy ever. That's all I want. Two-year deal, $40 million. Go out and sign Drew Brees. If the Bills could sign Drew Brees, I would just... I would lose, Two-year deal. I would lose my shit if they signed Drew Brees. Are you kidding we'll do, me? We'll do an immediate show, Dave, me and you. 
Dude, do you think Drew Brees can ever leave New Orleans? I feel like people wouldn't show up to the Probably stadium. not, but it's as close as ever this year. Well, that's what you said on your podcast there, but, I mean. It's free agency. He doesn't have a deal. I mean, he's at least going to take a call. Doesn't mean he's going to go to, say, Buffalo calls him. He's at least going to entertain it. Doesn't mean he's going to do it. If Drew Brees walks into your building, you, you don't let him leave. Right. And well, how do you know he won't get his ass over to Denver? You don't. Of course you don't. You know, and honestly, if you look at the track record of Elway with quarterbacks, it's freaking horrible. Uh, like, what's up with Paxton Lynch? Is he just shot, or is it, again, coaching and just not enough time? Because these guys get these first-round quarterbacks, like Jared Goff. I had the, the comedian Kevin Elliott on from our Bar, Bar Room Heroes podcast, and, um, dude, he, he was saying it, too, uh, the it's like that guy looked like crap. Like he just absolutely sucked, you know, but then you get a new coach and he's good. So I, I kind of wonder like, is Paxton Lynch like that bad? Yeah. Yeah, he was, he wasn't a very good pick. That's for sure. No doubting that. Um, I don't know what Denver's going to do. They, they're, they're told to be linked to case Keenum. They're either going to get case Keenum or, uh, Kirk Cousins, so it's going to be one or the other. Minnesota's probably going to get Kirk, and Case is going to go to uh, Denver. So, I mean, it leaves limited options for Drew Brees, man. I mean, it leaves New Orleans, and who knows? Why wouldn't you go to Minnesota indoors? Because uh, they're going to they're getting they're getting Cousins. Uh, I mean, dude, I think I don't. I mean, if you just look at stats, I don't even know if Cousins is worth it. Honestly, I think. Sure. That's a debate for another day. But um, but you could also put in that scenario that I have too, which is Cousins and a draft pick. But if I'm Cousins and they draft the guy, I'd be like, Olivia, come on, dude. Right. No, you no. Know? Cousins, Cousins is the only quarterback available that wouldn't come with a draft pick. So Minnesota is going to go after him because their team's good enough, Dave. That's why. So like the Jets, that's terrible. Cleveland, that's terrible. But the Vikings are good enough that they are maybe a good Kirk Cousins away from being a Super Bowl winner. So um that's why they're gonna do that it makes sense for that team not for everybody um and then that leaves basically the the big four you know buffalo arizona the jets and uh the broncos right as your teams you know that that need quarterbacks Hmm. and then some fringe team you know cleveland still with tyrod i mean you have jacksonville on the outs you have a couple fringe teams Dude, this and is then, a running, and then maybe uh, New Orleans, and then maybe New Orleans. So uh, you have you have you have a couple teams. You're making me lose my mind because I'm so sick of players coming to Buffalo to die. Okay, because that just seems to be what happens. It's like, oh, cool, sweet player, and he just dies. You know what I mean? And I don't want Drew Brees going out that way. I'll be honest, man. Bills fans are the worst fans. People want to hype them up. Sorry, Bills fans. Most of you, you're probably bad. You're probably bad, bad boy, bad girl. Bad person. Okay. Very bad. All right. right. And I don't, you know, because the whole point of, of us podcasting is to, like, take away from that negative hearsay. At least that's why I wanted to start doing it. And you had building the herd going on for lockdown. You know, it's like we want to put out at least in a, a more objective conversation. And I think, like, the quarterback position and the coaching position are are very, very, very hand in hand. And that's pretty much the overall point is whoever they get. If they get Case Keenum, I think it's a lateral move. If they get Kirk Cousins, 
I think it's a pretty lateral move. And statistically, maybe worse. But, I mean, if you can th- get rid of the ball, you make that offensive line look a lot better. I will tell people that. You know what I mean? Or you could tell me that. That's what they tell us. You know, and that's true. It really is true. So, uh, Drew Brees here, I just don't see why he would want to come here to die. It's a tough division, man. You got to play outside in Foxborough, outside in Buffalo, outside in Jersey, and outside in Miami, which is your best game. And so, I mean, come on, dude. That's a lot of games right there. I agreed. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't disagree with that point. Um, but I once again, I think we should get on a show with free agency coming up. Let's let's plan for middle of this week, Dave. Yeah, let's go this week. I'll let you go. You go do whatever you're gonna do, and uh, I'll be by your crib tomorrow afternoon. So, um, Kevin, good. let them know where they can find you. Yeah, thanks everybody for uh, tuning in. You can find me at Locked On Bills at Kevin Masseri, LockedOnBills.com for our breaking pods. We do three a week. Um, we're gonna get Dave over on the Locked On Pod probably in the next week or two, right, Dave? Yeah. Okay, we'll plan for that in the next week or two. Um, but in the meantime, definitely want to do a free agency pod, and you can catch our, our stuff right now. Just talk about draft prospects as well as free agency news and live reactions. So check it out. Yeah, Lockdown that's Bills. that's what I was doing. Is um, you know, again to repeat for people, I was busy being a fan, listening to Kevin's podcast as I was busy cleaning up this room behind me. So uh, stoked to be back on video. And if you're on the audio portion of this, thank you for listening. Um, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play. Follow Numb Bills Fan on Twitter, Instagram. If you want to call in the show sometime, shoot me uh, a message on any of the platforms on Facebook. Um, I'm easiest to get a hold of, believe it or not, on Instagram because it's super fast. Twitter's all right. Um, Facebook, it's kind of a pain to check, but I will. Um, so just hit me up anywhere you want. Shoot me an email, davidnumbillsfan.com. And... Um, Lastly, shout out to Grandstand Sports Network for always supporting me uh, with this venture here. And, you know, we got Deacon coming back to produce some videos and do some stuff. Really stoked. And there's also a Numb Bills fan draft show coming um, and more podcasts, especially positioning. I'll probably do a dump of podcasts. So keep subscribing. Don't worry. I didn't fall asleep or anything. Just kind of busy getting the house together in the offseason. So take care, everybody. And don't forget, PunchDrunkSports.com. Love those guys. Great podcast. Great people. And Tinfoil Hat Podcast. Check that podcast out. Keep it real. And as always, thank you to all the listeners out there. I don't want to sound like Mike Tyson over here with my T's and H's. Um, But thank you for checking out the podcast if it's your first time, second, fifth. Uh, Hopefully it's not your last time. If you enjoy it, just tell your friends. Best way to help is to leave a review on itunes they'll be really great um i'll have some more giveaways going on so please stay tuned everywhere and uh thank you as always and keep a lookout for more videos up on youtube i would love to keep doing the simulcast thing where i take the audio from the video keeps me focused when when you get to see my pretty face and uh, some graphics for the future. So thank you again. As always, subscribe on iTunes and everywhere you find your podcasts. I'm your host, David Palermo. Seacrest out.